Welcome to my gay playlist and stories from outside the closet. My name is Liv Lombardi and I am your host. This is a podcast about coming out and the music that inspires our journeys. To me, coming out is an act of honesty. It's something that we do every day when we decide to live our lives as authentically as possible. I think you can be on any part of the LGBTQ spectrum and come out. You could be straight and come out. As long as at some point in your life you decide you want to live authentically and that goes against the grain. Where are my dreamers at? Where are my freaks and geeks and weirdos and losers and nerds? If you were ever told you don't have a place here, I'm saying this table is set for you. So take a seat and tell me about it. And we'll start with this. What are your stories and what are your songs? If you want to follow along and listen to each guest's particular gay playlist as you stream our episodes, head over to mygayplaylist.com. There you'll find each episode's corresponding song list. Until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is the season one finale of My Gay Playlist. Cue the fan music in the background. Wow. The season one finale. Season one finale. And I'm super psyched that I'm here with this wonder, Evan Mills. Hi. You earned it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, If... If y'all are listening out there and you're like, oh, cool, Evan Mills. Who's Evan Mills? Well, Evan is a performer and actor for The Second City. He's part of their national touring company and is also a lyricist and musician. He wrote Queer Eye, the musical parody that had a two-month run at Second City back in 2019. I'm sad to say I didn't get to catch that one, uh, and I wish I did. I remember seeing things for it. It was at Second City, right? That was the theater you were you were at? It was so it was at the it was at the playground, which is you know oh, not word. not the same, but <laughs> but okay. you know it it it's still a theater. <laughs> I'm super psyched that my guests can fact check me as you just did. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. I know Evan through the Chicago indie improv scene pretty much. When my former team Liar had a run at another small improv theater in Chicago called the bug house. I just remember hosting that night and Evan got up and I inadvertently being the like cutesy host that I was like hit on you and like asked you out on a date. And I hadn't like really spoken to you (laughs) other than like getting info to introduce you that night. But I remember your set just cracked me up and I loved, I just loved how you, this might sound, I'm not trying to be creepy again with you, Evan, but I loved how <laughs> the physicality of your body on the stage, like you just seemed very comfortable in your body and how you gestured and stuff as you were telling really hilarious jokes that you wrote. I just loved your set so much. So I'm psyched to have you on the Thank show. Thank you so much. That that makes me feel great because I think my my physical comedy is like my favorite thing to do, and also when I can incorporate it into like stand up and music, it's always it just makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. So the fact that you noticed it, um, I, uh, I you've made my day. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. I love making days. That's what we're about <laughs> here: making days and making smiles happen. That's all we need, really. You know. Yes, we love it. All right, so we're here, however, to speak about, first and foremost, your gay playlist. And for the folks listening, 
this one is gonna make you feel like a pop princess because that's really what we're about. On Evan's playlist, we have some throwback jams that sent me to my 11, 12, 13, 14 year old self mostly. And then some other great songs that I think are sort of timeless, but we have 3LW, we have Rihanna on here, <laughs> Aqua 18, so we're throwing it back as far as S Club 7. And then there's some other great ones, Relyon K, The Hush Sound, Emo Dreams, and we have one of your originals on here, which I'm really psyched to talk about as well. So let's get into it. Let's do this. That's right. It's the season one finale of My Gay Playlist. We are so excited to have gone on this eight-week journey with you, and we'll be back in two more for another season of playlists, songs, and stories. But first, let's get into it with Evan Mills. Evan, you are from Joplin, Missouri, uh, but you grew up in Michigan, uh, and now you're living in Chicago. So tell me a little bit about... Uh, and we've, you know, spoken about this at length before as we got to know each other. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you how you got from Missouri to Michigan and then Chicago. Yeah, totally. So I was born in Missouri and I lived there for all of the years where you have no cognitive memory. So I don't remember a single moment of living in Missouri because um, we, we moved when I was four. Which might be better. Yeah. So we moved because my parents got divorced. So that's, that's always a fun topic. So, and I'm, I'm an only child, which I like, I, I used to like hate and now I like embrace it. And I, I love to like brag about it now, which I, I don't know if that's like a good quality or a bad quality. And it's not like, it's not like I'm trying to be like, Oh, you have siblings. That sucks. But I <laughs> like, I'm just like, you know what? It's, it, it's, it's like a, it's such a, I don't want to say it's like a unique thing, but it's like, it is a very specific thing to be an only child and to be an only child of a single parent. Because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of only children who mm. grew up with both parents and there's a lot of kids with siblings. <laughs> and, um, um, but yeah, so anyways, I got so off topic there. No, I love that. Can I just say that? Can I just say that I um, am a twin, which I've told you before. I'm an identical twin, yes. and I have an older brother. I have the opposite experience of being an only child. Like, the very opposite experience <laughs> right. of being an only child. And um, I've always wondered what it would be like to not, have, to not have a twin, let alone, you know, a sibling. So, I sort of envy you in that way, because I think that having, having a sibling literally from the moment I was conceived, right. it became hard for me to be alone and to like occupy my time and self-soothe and do a lot of things on my own when I became more of an adult and like went out into the world. And I'm sure those are things that you've sort of grown up learning. Totally. I think, yeah, I think like being an only child with uh, a mom who was working a full-time job and going to night school, I really had to like entertain myself, um, which is why I think I'm so like like I found myself like in arts and film and all that stuff. And I think that like growing up, I didn't really notice the difference between an only child and, and having a sibling because I didn't know what that meant. Um, but then growing up as like an adult, I do envy people with siblings 
Um, cause you know, kids, kids are always like, Oh, I hate my sister. I hate my brother. You're so lucky to be an only child. And I would be like, well, think about it. When you grow up, you're going to have nieces and nephews and you're going to have brothers-in-laws and sisters-in-laws. And you're going to have like, you're going to have that one person who understood your parents from the moment you were born. You're, you're always going to have that one person. So I was like, I, that, that yeah. bums me out that like, I can't talk to someone about my mom. And no, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, no, I never thought about that. But yeah, so I grew up in Michigan, and then I, when I was like 18, I went to community college for a year just to kind of like figure out what I wanted to do. And then I was like, well, film, film is is cool, and I don't want to go to New York yet because it's too big and LA is too far. So I'll go to Chicago. And so I applied to Columbia College and I got in in 2010. So I moved here uh, about 11 years ago. I love the energy of the city. I love the creative spirit of the people there. I can only imagine that learning and growing as an artist in Chicago is probably maybe even like too much to handle it sometimes in your like young 18 year old sort of mindset. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, not only, not only have I now just described growing up as an only child with a single mother and being gay and Filipino in a very like conservative town. I then, instead of going to a university or like a campus, my campus was downtown Chicago. And my dorm was like on Clark Street and my train stop was Roosevelt. And, and then I didn't, I didn't even realize that that was weird until I would visit my friends at like MSU or U of M. And I was like, Oh, so this is like what, what like college looks like in movies in real life. And I now am going, I'm living in Chicago thinking that, Oh yeah, I'm going to walk eight blocks to my class or take a bus 30 minutes to my like film class. <laughs> so before we go any further, I, we got to get into this playlist. Evan. Yes. I've heard this story once before, but I want to hear it again. There is the first song on your playlist. No more, baby. I'm a do right. 3LW. What is the reason for this wonder starting off your playlist? Yes. Uh, as soon as you asked me to do this show, within seconds, that was the first song I thought of. And I was oh like, my gosh. That has to be number one. But I put this song on there because I think I was like eight or nine. And it was when I had just discovered Disney Channel. And Disney Channel didn't do regular commercials. They did music videos and just like interviews with like their child actors and stuff. And this song was one of those music videos. And I will never forget the first time I saw this music video, how colorful it was, but also like how attracted to the music I was by it, how much I wanted to like be them. And so I would try and catch this music video every time it was on. And I finally, there was like a night where my mom had her friends over and I was in the living room and they were in the kitchen and I caught it and I recorded it on a VHS tape because that's what we had to do. And <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. This was pre-TiVo. Yeah, and I honestly, I miss, I miss having to be like ready with the remote and be like, okay, you're gonna get, you're gonna get the very beginning. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so then I recorded the whole music video, and then for the next hour or two, I proceeded to watch it over and over again to memorize the entire dance 
and all the choreography. And I was so proud of myself uh, that when my mom's friends were getting ready to leave, I was like, hey, can I show you guys something really quick? And they came into the living room and I played the video and I did the choreography step for step. And they were like, oh my gosh, he's so talented. <laughs> and if I were like, if I were like adult me walking into that room, seeing little me, I'd be like, oh, buddy, you ready to be, are you ready to be gay? <laughs> yes. It's like future you stepped, it's like was stepping, even then, like future you was stepping into the past and being like, hey, Evan, how are you? <laughs> yes. Come with us. Come with me. I got you, you know? Right. Yeah. And like back then it was like, we had Brittany and we had Christina and we had, you know, we had like all of those, those like girls uh, who were like our main pop stars, but there was something about 3LW that just like clicked for me. And, you know, I just, I owe them a lot. I love that so much. Do you think that, do you think that you, that was sort of, I can imagine from what you've said, you know, small town, conservative, only child, gay. Filipino, were there a lot of Filipino, was there a large Filipino like community in the area you grew up in? Truly, there was like just enough. My mom right. had like a specific group of friends that she got introduced to because of my aunt and uncle. And it, and where I'm from, there are like three cities. So it's called like the Tri-Cities. And within those Tri-Cities, there were like a handful of Filipino families that we like hung out with. But other than that, far and few between like in our actual city. Right. So I can imagine that that would be isolating to a certain extent. Like you didn't have a way to maybe like mirror the things that you were coming to learn about yourself. And even though like this song in particular, sounds like you were a little younger when it came into your life. Do you think that songs like this gave you that space to explore who eventually you wanted to be, who you would become, whether that's, you know, putting totally. a label on it as gay or queer, whatever it is, you know, just inhabiting that space and feeling comfortable to dance and express yourself in those ways. Yeah. For me specifically, there was like something about the early 2000s where we had a lot of like, I don't even know if, if, if I think I took it as like hidden queer culture, Spice Girls and Aqua. And yep. I, I think that like growing up, I was able to listen to like Britney Spears, but be able to do it because everyone else was also listening to it. But I connected it to it in a different way, especially with Spice Girls. I had like a Spice Girls unauthorized, unofficial book that I would read weekly that would like sleep right next to my bed. And I still have it in my apartment right now and <laughs> oh my gosh Dude, i love that i love that so much there was ways especially being an only child for me to like live in my own creative bubble and kind of just do me with me but it sucks that i i wasn't able to like allow myself to do that all the time uh not until i was like you know much older now i remember saying that i remember you telling me that your parents split up because your dad came out. Yeah, my dad. Uh, we, yeah. Without going into the details of that, but your dad's gay and he came out and that essentially ended your parents' marriage. Yeah. Know. So my dad, my mom and my dad were married for nine years 
And then when I was four, he came out and moved to California. You know, at, at like four, I don't know what that means. I can tell it upsets my mom and it upsets my family. So whatever it is, it can't be good. And that's kind of how I was raised mm. on that for a long time. And that was not, that was no one's fault. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, my mom wasn't like, this is bad. And like, you know, my mom always made it a point to tell me that it was okay. But I think growing up, the reason why I was so sheltered and closed off and like worried about it was because how I saw my family react to it. And it took a long time for me to realize they're not upset that he's gay. They're upset that he left my mom and her, and made my mom sad and upset. And, and I've had like conversations with my aunts and uncles about that now as like a fully grown adult. And, you know, they're like, I didn't, we didn't realize, you know, and I was like, it, it, it's, and it, and I never blame anyone for it. I just wish that like at a younger age, I could have been like, Hey, this is, this is okay. And like, you know, and I probably did have that. I just was so, again, being an only child, I was like, Oh no, I'm the only kid. And if I also come out as gay, are my grandparents are going to, going to like disown me? And are my aunts and uncles going to be mad at me? And is my mom going to cry? Like there was a lot of that. So it was, it was pretty hard. So that's why I distracted myself with like movies and music and let myself find creativity in outlets like that, where I saw men being a little feminine in music videos and stuff. Right. And I could imagine that it would be hard. I mean, that sounds like an, an incredibly, an incredibly difficult thing to have to go through as a young child. And I don't know if we have the emotional intelligence at that age when something like that happens and your parents split up to know that it's not your fault. Right. Cause I think that right. any, Anything that was going on with my parents, and my parents are still together, but if they were, you know, I grew up in a house with mental illness and emotional, a little bit of emotional instability. It was hard to decipher that, okay, mom or dad is sad or unwell. That's not my fault. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I definitely took that on. Uh, so I can imagine for you, it would be difficult to not understand, to differentiate between your dad coming out and your parents' marriage ending as like two disparate things. The family dynamic shifts so much, right. but there's also this other thing of like, your dad is gay. Uh, so how can that, how can that work in a marriage with a woman? It can't, if he needs to, if he needs to have his joy, that maybe can't continue. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like I'm missing the point right. a little bit, but it's all so complicated. Yeah, totally. And it goes back it goes right back to the thing of being an only child versus having siblings where I feel like if I had an older sister or brother or a younger sister or brother, there's at least like that person who could have talked to me growing up and I probably would have come out to them a lot sooner and I probably could have had that support system of someone in my house not saying I didn't have a support system with my mom but I'm not going to talk to her about this because you know that the the whole reason of that that's why I think I would get really jealous of people with siblings because I'm like you have someone who late at night if you're like if you feel like you need to go talk to someone you can just go talk go like go next door it was it was that thing where it was like Every thought and every 
thing that I was thinking had to be kept to myself. So yeah, I do think I would be a completely different person if I had siblings, but also I'm not mad with how everything played out, you know, cause I'm like happily open now and <laughs> you know, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, that's uh, so wild. And, you know, I think probably more common than a lot of people of that generation talk about also like to your dad for taking that brave step. That couldn't have been easy. Totally. I mean, it's not easy when it wasn't easy for me. And I actually came out into like the most supportive, loving family, I think ever. Like I didn't have to tell my parents I was gay. They were just like, Hey Liv, are you gay? Seems like you might be. And I was like, yep, <laughs> I am. And it was still challenging. Yeah. Uh, we, we make it more challenging a lot of times, but either way, right. uh, there's a lot in all of it. Kind of brings me to my next, my next song. I want the next song I want to talk about. And that is your original song, Sissy Boy. So we're just going to pause here and take a quick, you know, listen to that now. And then we'll talk about it when we get back. You're a little sissy boy, you're a little sissy boy You're gonna wear your mama's clothes, gonna do it but nobody knows Cause you're a little sissy boy, you're a little sissy boy You're gonna wear your mama's clothes, gonna do it but nobody knows mm. Staring at the boys at school Sitting in your history class Now learn about your history So you ask for the hall pass And you're walking down the hallway And you see that boy come your way And you act like you don't see him But it's obvious you see him Here he comes Here he comes But there he goes And there you go Sissy boy, shine away from other boys. Feel your best when you're alone. The only thing you've ever known. You tell yourself you'll be okay. You tell yourself it goes away. But you're a little sissy boy. You gotta love that little sissy boy. Okay, we're back. I'm with Evan Mills. This is My Gay Playlist. We just heard an original track by him called Sissy Boy. Now, Evan, this was something that you wrote um, recently, like within the last year. Tell us about this track, how it came to be, uh, why you included it on your playlist, other than wanting to, wanting to, me wanting to hear your awesome work. Yeah, um, so I wrote this last summer, I want to say. And so during the pandemic, I, I, I took that time and I really like just like allowed myself to be with me. And I was thinking about, you know, I love music and I love writing music and I, and that's what I want to do. And I want to be a lyricist. And so I was like, well, what's the most vulnerable thing I can do to put out for anyone to hear that can one relate to me to understand who I am and three, be able to showcase uh, my lyricism and stuff so i wrote this song in like one night and it it's just it's it's called sissy boy because like growing up elementary school middle school high school i was always like 
called names, even though in middle school and high school, I was like, quote unquote, straight and I had a girlfriend, but like that clearly just like didn't matter because like, I guess everyone could just see how gay I was (laughs) and just from like the way you, was it the way that you like presented yourself, walked? I mean, your mannerisms, would you speak to like in that sense or? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I feel like kids are intuitive and, but like also mean. So <laughs> like, they're like, oh, you seem different. Yes, they are. Yeah. So they, they would call me things like, like sissy boy. And I would be like, so upset about it. But then now as an adult, being out for all like 10 years i'm like why not take it back and why not embrace it and so i wrote this song it's about growing up not being sure who you are and like not knowing who you are and like being called something that you're not sure why you're being called it um until a much later time in your life i contacted like one of my musician friends um John Love, who's, he's a musician in Chicago, really wonderful. We like met up one day on our, on my back porch, six feet apart. He brought his keyboard and we just kind of sat there for like a couple hours. Yeah. And it was so fun because I sang it for him and then he played the music and it kind of just clicked. And so as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is great. I really, I feel like this is what I want my first single to be. Because if anything, if, if I'm going to go out there and put out my work, I'm going to put something so vulnerable and so true to me that anything I put out after that, I think will have some sort of validation. So I made a music video and then we put it out at the beginning of the year and the responses were great. It was really overwhelming how many people connected with it and responded to it and messaged me about it. Even people in high school from high school that I, uh, that I, that used to like bully me, messaged me and they were like, I heard your song. Oh, I just want to say, I'm sorry. And like, even my friends, they were like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know you were going through this. And these were my friends who like, I hung out with every day with my girlfriend. It was cool to, to see. And there was no animosity towards anybody. You know, this wasn't like a revenge song and this wasn't like a fuck you song. It was, this is for me. And if you connect with it, that's, incredible. It's so definitive, I think, of our community as well. I mean, take the word queer, for instance. Like That was a slur for many years uh, toward queer people, was to call them queer. I remember when I first used that language in front of my dad, uh, who's 60, in his mid-60s, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm queer. And he kind of pulled me aside and was like, Olivia, like, why are you calling yourself that like that's not right because he grew up and it was not a word that you used in any nice way towards someone that was gay and so right as we know our community sort of took it back and said like no we're going to empower ourselves with the word that you've used to put us down and oppress and oppress us uh and so i love that not only you did exactly that with the term sissy boy but that you made something i could only imagine that as music is cathartic, the experience of writing the song and then putting it out there and then having people that actually called you that reach out to you and say like, hey, I'm sorry, or, yeah, you know, wow, I, I had no idea that these words carried so much weight. That had to be such a yeah, cathartic experience, eye opening. What what was that? What was that like for you to to get the to get those messages? 
and to have that response? It was nice because it was like, oh, okay. So like, maybe you did kind of suck in high school, but like, you've clearly, like, you've clearly grown. I don't, you know, like, I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know your life. Like, I don't know. I don't expect you to know my life, but it's like to take the time and energy to be like, Hey, I remember high school. Wish I could have been different. That that's all I, I like, it's so nice to hear that. It was a cool thing to, to hear. And even like my ex, one of my ex girlfriends was like, I really love this song. It really explains a lot. So yeah, just things like that. And it's like, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't make the song for that reason. I didn't make it to hear back from people. I wasn't like, I'm going to make this and here's a checklist of people I need to respond. <laughs> like, you know, like, right. like uh, Matt uh. C, he didn't, he did clearly didn't listen. <laughs> like, hey everyone, live here. As a reminder, if you're listening along to our episode and you'd like to hear Evan's playlist, head over to mygayplaylist.com. In the playlist tab, you can find all of our episodes, corresponding song lists. We'll be premiering season two of My Gay Playlist and Stories from Outside the Closet on May 5th, 2021. That's in two short weeks. So stay tuned, subscribe, and follow our podcast. We have a lot of awesome stuff in store for season two and beyond. We hope you stick around for it. And now, it's back to the tunes. All right, so Evan, um, I I, want to move on to some of these emo bangers that are in the middle of of your playlist. Uh, and they're and they're bunched together. I don't know if you did this chronologically in any way um, or thematically, but I do notice songs six and seven are a bit more of the pop punk vein of Wonder. There's "Be My Escape," "Reliant K," and we intertwined the hush sound. Yes, I love the hush sound one. The lyrics, the lyrics are awesome. I'm just gonna read some of the chorus here. I wake up and I feel alone. I was just asleep right where I belong inside this sad, sad song. There's so many ways that like those speak to me. Uh, I feel like it describes a lot of my teenage angst personally. Uh, but also yeah. this, it gives me this nostalgia for, I think, why I write music and the feeling of being alone but you're not alone inside of that sadness because you have this sad, sad song that you can listen to or that inspires you to make something else from it. Does that make sense? That's what that line specifically reminded me of. Um, But I'm curious why you put it on your playlist. Yeah. Well, so I put these two on there and I, I know we had talked about this before. I, I truly cannot believe that I was unaware that Reliant K was a Christian band until I was, and I swear to you, 23. Yeah, dude. I went back and I listened to the lyrics of like some of my favorite songs by them. And I was like, they are talking about God. They're not talking about a guy they have a crush on. Cause I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, they're talking about he's so much. And that, that's kind of cool. Cause it's a guy singing. And little did I know we were singing about God. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. I have no idea. G O D. 
You down with G-O-D? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Unintentionally, I, I really didn't, I didn't know. Kids in college were like, you listen to Reliant Gay? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, well, you listen to like Sadie Hawkins dance, right? And I was like, truthfully, that was like the last thing I heard from them. And they were like, oh, so you were like a Christian rock guy. And I was like, not at all. And then I, and then my mind was blown. <laughs> but yeah. isn't, it's wild. And remember Switchfoot? That was a Christian band too. Dude, Switchfoot. But the Hush Sound, not not a Christian band. I added them because they they were my favorite band in middle school slash high school because it, it was like the first band that I heard where it was a male singer and a female singer both splitting the lead singer role equally where he would take like half the songs she would take half the songs and then on three of them they would sing together and i thought it was so interesting it was the first time i like heard a a a male singer sing in a in a tone that i was like oh i really like this and i feel like i want to sing like this i feel like this is like my vocal range i think this is like how i could sing and not only were they like really melodically like pleasuring they just their lyrics were great and so then i just kind of studied them i saw them in concert like three or four times i actually saw them like three or four years ago when they came to chicago for like a reunion tour and i was just mesmerized by this band you have a musical duo uh evan and mary jane with a friend of yours is that sort of what inspired that like male female vocal duet um collaboration a little bit i do weirdly think it comes from me listening to like the hush sound in in a weird tiny way because yeah there's just something about singing with her that i'm like this feels right this feels good we sound good together there's something really special about harmonizing with someone that you also have a like a close friendship with my friend daniel mm-hmm. who we actually had on the show a couple weeks ago when he and i sing together i will listen to some of our recordings just like when i need to access that heart space or like remember that connection. I've done it a lot in the last year just to remember that like connection is possible because there's something there's a, and I don't know if, if you can, if you've had this similar experience when you're singing with someone that you love and you're harmonizing and just those notes are fitting together. It, it makes me feel so placed and so cared for in a way that only that certain experience and sonic that sonic experience does you know totally a hundred percent understand and know what you're talking about because i used to do that too and singing live with her on stage it's just like it's such magnetic feeling and it yeah i don't really know how to describe it Mm -hmm. without sounding like a complete music nerd (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've long passed that point. I think we've long yeah, passed that right. point. <laughs> you're totally right. You said magnetic. That is the perfect word for it. It is magnetic. It It is too, because if you really think we're going to get real music nerdy right now, if you really think about it, right, you have someone who's <laughs> someone who's like actual, like timbre of their voice is different than yours. It's your voice is not going to be, yes. it's not going to sound like anyone else's voice. And then you take someone else who has that, uh, your, their own unique thing. And then you sing actually different notes, but they fit together. And it makes, 
it makes everything just come into like this focus that, yeah, it's magnetic and I can't get enough of it. I just, my hands are raised in the air right now because (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. I love it. I love harmonizing. It sounds so nerdy, but like it brings me so much joy and I'm going to toot my own horn because I really do think I'm, 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 I have, I have a, an ear for just finding it. I'm jealous of you because I don't, I rely on my friend Daniel to do that. Or like anyone else I'm singing with, I'm like, Oh, let's do this together. Hey, what, what, like, do you want to take the harmony? I'm like, no, you can take the harmony. Can you say, you can take it. I'm just the melody. I can't take the harmony. I just can't, I can't ever really hear it unless I like drill it into my head, you know? Yeah. I digress. Evan, our time is just flying by. I want to chat about a few more of these songs if possible. I know. We've spoke about it before. Your love for Michelle Branch. I really want to go there again. I, you have everywhere by Michelle Branch. Please just take me. Take me to Michelle Branch land. We'll start with Michelle Branch. Yeah, Michelle Branch. But Michelle Branch, um, she was also one of those people. There was, and you know, I'm going to say it. There was Michelle Branch and Vanessa Carlton. And I know they're two different people. But like you ask anyone who is our age. And to me, you can't think of Michelle Branch without thinking of Vanessa Carlton and vice versa. Uh, Yeah, I used to listen to her a lot and I was like, yeah, I love this. And my mom caught on. So for my birthday, one, one year, we went out to dinner with a couple of her friends. I don't know why my friends weren't there. But, <laughs> but it was like me and like these three it's you're an only child. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like grabbing lunch with the ladies. Yeah, exactly. Um, these were my friends too. And uh, she was giving me my presents and there was the last present was just like this tiny little box. And when I opened it, it was Michelle Branch tickets. And I didn't know how to react because if I got too excited, I would, I would look, you know, I would look too quote unquote girly. And if I didn't react hard enough, she would be upset. And so I would, I just sat there like a little giddy and be like, Oh, Oh, yay. Michelle Branch. Like, Trying to be, trying to be like, I, 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 I have a crush on her or something weird like that. <laughs> and I love that. Oh my gosh. The concert was at a college and we went and it was like all these college kids. But when I say all these college kids, I mean like these like 18, 19, 20 year old girls. And we sat in the bleachers with all the other parents who had kids my age. And mm-hmm. it was such a fun concert because. It was like my mom being like, yeah, you like this? Like, like I I can get into this too. And (laughs) I was like sitting there and I remember being like so confused, like being like, do I like stand up? Do I really enjoy this? Do I sing along? And it was like, again, that like battle in my head of like, how do I present myself in a social situation with something like this? And so I added Michelle Branch to this playlist because that moment resonates with me a lot. And I think about it every once in a while where I'm like, what what a scenario to be around a bunch of college kids who could have all been like queer or you know whatever and like just my mom being the most supportive being like you know you like Michelle Branch I'm not even going to question it let's go <laughs> I love that do you think that was like her like hush way of saying I know baby it's okay I'm going to take you to the concert because yeah because I am my sweet boy. And it's like, and I also, I will never forget this moment because I think this was like the moment she realized that I was gay was, it was my birthday 
and I was turning 11 and we went to the movie theaters and she said, pick any movie, literally any movie that's not rated R. And it was between Rat Race and The Princess Diaries. And I chose The Princess Diaries. (laughs) Yes, you did. And I loved every minute of that 90 minute movie or however long it was. And I, to this day, it's one of my favorite movies. And I think that that was the moment where my my mother was like, my 11 year old son is choosing to go see a movie called The Princess Diaries on his birthday, (laughs) which is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but I I think that was like the moment. Yes, of course. There's never going to be anything wrong with seeing The Princess Diaries. I'm going to admit something to you. I watched that movie every single night before I went to bed for like two and a half years. So I've probably (laughs) seen it over 400 times. I'm not kidding you. Like my mom would tuck us in at night and she'd be like, all right, girls, do you want to watch something before you go to bed? And we'd be like, can you just play the movie? She's like, again, you want to watch the princess diaries? And she would (laughs) fall asleep after like 15 minutes, but like literally every single night. I love that movie. And I could watch it tonight because I love it that much. Yes, that's amazing. I love that. Same. It's so good. That's so nice to hear because I used to quote it all the time. What a, and Eric Von Detten, don't even get me started. What what a, what a heartthrob. I was like, oh, I like boys. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny, and and this is also something that we've chatted about in the past. I used to watch The Princess Diaries and thought I had a crush on Eric Von Detten, but I didn't. I think I just wanted to be the cool, cute guy with a rad haircut that got the hot girls. You know, even like the rocker dude, (laughs) what was his name? The brother that played in the band? Is it Michael? What's his name, Michael? It's like something basic. Yes, it was Michael. I like thought I had a crush on him, but now I realize like I just wanted to be him. You know, because I wa- <laughs> yeah. I wanted those male sort of presenting attractive things. And how confused I was as a child because I was like, no, I have a crush on him. I don't have a crush on him. I wanted to be him so I can make out with Mandy Moore. There he goes. And there he goes. And there you go. Your little sissy here we are at the the end of our chat and i'm going to end it the same way we end every episode for the season one finale if you could tell yourself your younger self something that would make it easier maybe make it a little better uh something to some wisdom from what you know now having lived the thing what would it be Totally. And I love this question. And I think, I think what I would just tell myself is like, be weird all the time. Because being weird is being you and just be you always because you clearly enjoy how you are and you, and you love being this like weirdo who like has all this like movie knowledge and so I would just be, I would just tell myself to like, just, just be weird, be, be your goofy self. And even if other kids think it's weird, that's, that's on them. 
And that's, that's them just not being comfortable with either themselves or with, with me. And, and you don't need that. You don't need to waste time in your life trying to make other people like you because it, it's not worth it in the end. So be weird. <laughs> I love that. Stay weird, yo. That's what we're, that's what we're all about. I, I a hundred percent can relate to that. And I love that's what, that's what you would tell your younger self. Stay weird, be a freak because we're the ones that have the most fun at the, in the end, you know? Exactly. Dark roads ahead. Barely live, we walk on anyway. Thank you so much, Evan, for your time, your stories, and your amazingly wonderful spirit. I had so much fun chatting with you. If you're listening and you'd like to hear more of Evan's music, he's releasing a lot of it in the coming weeks and months. Find him on Spotify, or you can follow him on Instagram. And if you're listening out there, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for following us on this journey for season one. Season two drops May 5th. We'll be playing you out today with a track from one of my favorite songwriters based out of Detroit, Michigan, The Acoustic Ash. This is their original, Fall to Your Knees. Just fall to your knees. emptiness you feel is magnified cause you don't know you're worthy sometimes life's too real but you can't hit pause no this is not a movie it doesn't make you weak and we can still be free The comfort that you seek Yes, we can still be free Just fall to your knees Talking is weak Yes, we can still be free Just fall to your knees This show was created by yours truly, Liv Lombardi, that's me, and Courtney Ortel, and co-produced by Virago Artist Management, with additional support from Hannah Varnum. Music by yours truly once again, Liv Lombardi. As always, thank you for your ears and your hearts. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, write a review, and share with your friends. Until then, be kind to yourself and gentle. I hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next time.